0: Hi, everybody. This is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kreski. And this is the Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 34. All right. Yeah, tonight we're talking about uh, Green Lantern Core 42 and Doom Patrol Number Four. And is Doom Patrol Four the first? Like the I know it's the first of the Ring books, but is it the first like tie-in in a regular series that's not Green Lantern?
0: No, actually, that would be the Teen Titans book that had the prelude with a uh, whole bunch of information on, I believe it's Tempest.
1: Oh, okay, that one. Is
0: that his name, the character?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the Aquaman sidekick grown-up with yes. a red suit. Yeah. yeah. Huh. huh. Okay, before we do anything else, let's play this. Hey, LanternCast. Uh, this is um, the Master of from the forums calling in to uh, tell you uh, I, I enjoy the show. Uh, you guys have a, a fairly good format, although I don't like the commercials in the middle, but that may be beyond your control. Um, I want to make a quick comment about uh, issue 42 of the uh, Green Lantern Corps. Uh, I'll make it straight and simple. Uh, There's a spoiler at the end of the issue that I'm going to comment on real quick. Um, so I'll give anybody who doesn't want to hear the spoiler a couple seconds to pull their, their uh, headphones off their head for like ten seconds. Um, okay, one, two, three. Holy crap! Is Kyle dead? Honestly, I'm very scared. Um, you guys can comment on this later. Uh, thank you.
0: Bye. I guess maybe we should we should announce that we're going to do things a little differently this episode, and most likely going forward. Instead of starting with the news and announcements and stuff like that, we're going to push that to the end so that we can get right into the discussion. So, without further ado, Dan, why don't you give us a recap for Green Lantern Corps number 42?
1: Alright, so, picks up pretty much right where the last one left off. You've got Isamon and Vath getting slaughtered by Black Lanterns on Ola, with our Indigo Lantern friend... Who, you know, we assumed would be named Indigo 2, but he apparently goes by the name Monk, which is kind of on the nose for me, but if it works for him. Uh, they start wiping out Black Lanterns until the Black Lanterns just kinda stop and go away. Flash over to Kilowog, who's fighting, oh god, how do I say Ermy, Ermi? Emery? I always wanna call him Emery. I think his name's Ermy. Ermi. Oh, yeah, until Ermi just, like, you know, likewise, just stops what he's doing and just leaves same with all the black lanterns all over oa and presumably everywhere else and their rings giving a read out that says 100% power level exceeded devour will and you get this awesome two page shot of the central battery just glowing nice and bright with just billions of black lanterns flying to it it has this nice widescreen effect with the top and bottom black bars it's great So all the Green Lanterns are trying to gather around the central battery to defend it. The Black Lanterns throw up this just really demonic construct that's trying to rip the battery out of the ground. Guy and Kyle go to the science cells, and this this answers a question we've had. They go to the science cells and release Vice, the Red Lantern who basically started the science cell riot. So, so Vice is running amok, he's tearing up Black Lanterns to the point that they can't sustain the construct that's ripping out the battery until, you know, those zany Alpha Lanterns show up and kill Vice before, you know, what, how, how do you even say this guy's name? Chaslin? C-H-A-S-E-L-O-N?
0: I, yeah, I guess. I, I never actually thought, I always thought it was like Chasellion, but I don't think there's enough letters in there for that.
1: Hmm, probably. Right, I'll go with Chaslin, why not? Um... Chaslin, the Alpha Lantern, he's the big dis- disco ball dude. He gets knocked to the ground, and the, the Black Lantern creepy children rip the battery out of him. Because you know, all the Alpha Lanterns have their own battery in the, their chests. And it's damaged, it's going to explode. Kyle grabs it, dives into the heart of the f- big crowd of Black Lanterns, and just waits it out and lets the battery explode. There's this giant shockwave, sends everybody flying, wipes out every zombie in sight. And when the dust settles, Kyle Rayner is dead. So.
0: So. You know, yeah, the the last couple of pages leading up to this, I'm, I'm like, reading this, and, like, just before Kyle Rayner, you know, gets it, like, I have no idea what's gonna happen. And then all of a sudden, Kyle, like, grabs the battery. And, like, and after that, it's like, okay, well, then you know what's going to happen. And, like, as I'm, like, just reading these last couple of pages, I'm just thinking to myself, it's like, oh, man. It's like, I had not even considered this as an option.
1: I know, uh, it's... It's, I mean... I mean, like, like I, I almost... Uh, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, like, it was well done... Yeah. I I just feel like there are too many ways he could have gotten out of it, though. Like, I mean, I when he grabbed the battery, I expected him to, like, throw it like it was a grenade, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, these these kids went after Chaslin because he had the battery, so if you just take the battery and chuck it in the corner, they're going to go into the corner after it. Or I expected him to, like, trap them in a dome with it and then fly out through it because it's his own dome and he can do that.
0: I guess he didn't want them to, like, absorb the willpower before it had a chance to explode.
1: Hmm.
0: That's, I think, what his thought process was. That, like, if he didn't defend it until, like, the last possible second, there was always a chance that they would devour it. Hmm.
1: That's true.
0: The other thing is if, you know, this is a a battery filled with willpower and you have a Green Lantern wearing a Green Lantern ring that's, like, holding it. So, you know, we don't actually know if when a, you know, when a battery, you know, is going to explode like that, okay, you know, if it explodes, it explodes and it's probably going to do some damage. But if you have a Green Lantern holding it, like, forcing that will into, like, a, a huge explosion. Like, it could be that Kyle's willpower, like, helped to focus
1: the blast to wipe out as many as possible. Did he focus it? Because I thought that was just... Like, I thought the explosion we got would have happened even if he didn't touch it.
0: Well, you know, it's like... It's like anything else. I mean, the willpower energy... You know, it's like the the old, you know, concept where if you focus your willpower into a beam, like a simple beam, you know, is that going to be more powerful than somebody that focuses on, like, a complex laser that fires a beam? You know, is that beam going to be more powerful because you have, you know, the thought and uh, imagination backing up your willpower to make you think that it would be stronger, which reinforces your willpower. You know what I'm saying?
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I mean, like, it could be that this giant blast was going to explode and take out a lot of Black Lanterns, but it also could have been that, you know, because of his willpower, it was enhanced to take out as many as possible.
1: Hmm. It's how long before Kyle comes back? <laughs>
0: So I got to this last page and I'm looking at it right now I was just like blown away like oh my god I can't believe they actually killed Kyle Rayner and like I just like sat there staring at it for a couple of seconds just like letting it sink in and it wasn't until a couple of minutes later where I'm like oh wait a second you know <laughs> maybe maybe this isn't the end for Kyle Rayner and then I started like thinking of like okay well how do they bring him back then so I guess like my, my leading theory would be that since he died in, like, this tremendous act of, I I would say it's kind of an act of compassion in that he gave his life so that all the other, like, Green Lanterns could live. Like, I think this would be something that would give you an Indigo ring, because we haven't seen how anybody gets an Indigo ring yet.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think you just want to have, like, an indigo team, like Kyle Rayner, Ray Palmer, John Stewart, Sinestro's great-grandmother-in-law, Chip.
0: I don't think Chip would, uh, would be an indigo lantern. Chip,
1: chip gets a ring.
0: He'll get a chocolate chip ring. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what were your thoughts on, you know, him dying?
1: I think this is kind of the same as as having Sodom Yat still stuck in the sun. And that you know you're taking a powerful player off the board to not only increase the sense of danger but also to kind of put them in place for something that they're going to need to do by the end of this. So, I mean I think I've have said on our forum already that if if you look back on it's come out already on the show that Necrons doing this, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: We can okay. Well if you look back on that original Necron story that we did in the the Tales of the Core mini series, like from the late eighties or something. Or early eighties somewhere in the I don't know. That like that story kinda ended with the dead of Necron's realm kind of rising up and helping. Like helping to helping helping to, to stop him. And here we have a Green Lantern, one of the main Green Lanterns, dead, who may very well end up in or close to Necron's realm, where, you know, he could conceivably rally the troops on the other side. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's the direction they're going for him. Or hell, maybe, maybe we just saw the birth of the White Lantern, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I-, I like that idea a lot, actually. I. I hadn't even thought about that one while I was reading I was just thinking indigo or something, I don't know. But yeah, him having having him on the other side to help rally the troops. That's that's uh that's a really good prospect.
1: Now I'm looking at the image and all of those black rings on the ground around him. Yeah. Do you like do you think those black lanterns are gone now or? Because, I mean, if it was just an explosion of green light, shouldn't they all just reform? Well,
0: I mean, the only thing that makes me think that there's a good chance that they won't be coming back is that from that explosion, it may very well have obliterated, like, every last bit of the former Green Lantern's, you know, bodies. So there's nothing Mm. to, to bring back.
1: Hmm. I could buy that. So you want to talk about our Indigo pal for a moment? Ah, Monk. Yeah, what do you think of his name?
0: I think it's fitting, although it's kind of odd that he has a name, but Indigo 1 doesn't. Unless, oh. Unless... She doesn't use a name because it would give away who she actually is.
1: Is this weird? Because you read... You read uh, the Blackest Night issue where they showed up and it it almost feels like, well, they've they just forsake any kind of possession or any like like what am I trying to say? It's like they they don't use names because they don't really need to because they understand who they are and who each other is. And it's just and like just like names are just something that that others tack on. That aren't really necessary, as long as you know and understand the individual. So it's like it's weird, yeah. Because this is the same guy who commented how how much stuff the Justice League lets accumulate in their <laughs> headquarters,
0: uh, and he has a name, Monk Shaloub. Yeah, that that's the only thing that I was thinking of.
1: It's only Shaloub. Yeah.
0: Now, okay. So on onto the the Kilowog thing. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, is this not like the worst treatment of Kilowog that has ever been?
1: I won't say ever, but
0: it's 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 pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, basically, they're they're kind of writing him as like this character that can't get anything done. And once they start flying away, like he's like still like yelling at them. It's like you're you're all you're all dead. You're all supposed to, you know supposed to be dead. You I warned you.
1: And obviously they're trying they're playing up the whole he's lashing out them when he's really mad at himself and yeah and this whole I mean I would buy this if it was someone who hadn't been doing this as long as Killalog. So I mean like this like I th- I've said in previous episodes. There are certain characters who, like the, the Black Lantern's machinations, should not work on, and yeah. this is one. Of, he is one of them. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was, if it wasn't Ermi, and it was someone who actually mattered, and if it was some, if it wasn't Kilowog, or if it was Kilowog but he had only been in this position for a few years, then maybe, maybe this would be believable. But it's just not.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's its sad that the way that Kilowog is saved is because all of a sudden they've reached 100% and they don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't...
1: I'm just glad it was only two pages this time. Yeah. What about the way that Indigo was going about things here? Because, I don't I. know, I, I read this issue twice... And it seemed to, and I just kept getting the feeling like he was wasting a lot of time and energy. I, okay, let's, I mean, at the beginning, when it's just, uh what's the name, Monk with Issamad and Vath. And they're off by themselves fighting hordes of Black Lanterns all on all sides. Right. Like, there's a scene, there's a panel where Issamad and Vath are on the ground, they're both shooting in opposite directions, and Monk is in the air doing his own thing. Yeah. Since what it takes to kill Black Lanterns is to mix Green Light with some other light, and you've got an Indigo Lantern who can shoot from his staff and his ring, why isn't he firing his energy at the same targets as they are so the two will mix and do some actual lasting damage?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I think it's basically just done for the sake of... Uh, this way, we can see three people fighting Black Lanterns.
1: Yeah, and I mean, once they go to the battery, like I was saying to myself, like the only thing that seemed that would make a lick of sense for them to do is, okay, you're you're Indigo, or you're you're Monk. I'm gonna keep not calling him Monk. You're you're Indigo. You're surrounded on all sides by Black Lanterns that are being hit by Green Energy. So, like, stick your arms out at either side start shooting and just start spinning around or something, and you'll do so much more good <laughs> than you were.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's... His blasts are, like, so focused. You know, I mean, at least with the Green Lantern issue, Hal Jordan was uh, at, l- at least able to split his beam into two different directions. Yeah. You know, at two different targets. And now it's like when the reverse, you know, is... is uh, When the reverse, reverse takes place and you have a whole bunch of Green Lanterns, this guy can't... Well, realistically, he should be able to split his beam. If his yeah. staff takes on the indigo power, then he shoots out of his staff and he shoots out of his ring.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... And and they keep making a big deal about how... Well, I like, guess not big deal, but it, they mentioned it a few times, like in here and in other books, how... You know, the Indigo are essentially on a limited power supply. So wouldn't you want to choose your shots wisely and do as much as you can with them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder... Well, I mean, we still don't know a lot about the, uh, the Indigo Lanterns. So, like, transporting a spatial... It says, Spatial leaps utilize too much energy. It draws a significant amount of power away from my ring and it would prevent me from neutralizing as many of these Black Lanterns as we can. That still, like, you know, drives home to me the question of, well, how do they recharge their batteries? How How do they recharge their rings?
1: I'm assuming now that, like, maybe those aren't their power batteries on the stick, like I originally thought, which, you know, I would have liked, but...
0: Well, it may be, but if that's the case, then it doesn't recharge their rings or something. I don't know, it's... Yeah, because if that was their battery, then they could just do a spatial leap, recharge, and they're ready to go again. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I like the idea that, um... Because I didn't even think of what what uh, Vath came up with until he said it about, like, well, why, why don't we just, like, blanket the planet with this light, then? And yeah. just take out all the Black Lanterns. And then it goes, like, no, it has to be more personal content. Which, which it having to be more, more personal contact makes sense cuz compassion and everything mm. and i actually hadn't thought about like all right how about just a planet wide sweep but you know some people probably have
0: <laughs> everybody's thought about it except for you
1: yeah <laughs> i guess kind of in the same vein <laughs> vein uh our red buddy vice See, this is when I think I start to think like we're more into thinking about this than some of the writers are. Because as soon as I saw them let out Vice, I thought to myself, "Oh, this is perfect. They're gonna let him just run a rampage through the sea of black lanterns, and in his wake and in his tra- in his tra- big red trail, they're gonna start shooting, and that's where the energy's gonna mix, and that's what's going to kill everything."
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have made a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, instead they just kind of hoped that he could keep their focus. <laughs> or, like, like don't don't con- don't let him concentrate enough to keep the construct going. Which, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, do they even know, uh, Tony? What's his name? Chalub. Monk. Monk. Yeah, I'm just gonna call this indigo guy Tony just because <laughs> So Tony he, he tells Vath about the color mixing thing, but I don't know if like the others necessarily know about that yet, so maybe that like I could give a pass to that.
0: Hmm. That's true. That is true.
1: And how much do you hate the Alpha Lanterns for killing Vice immediately after?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Although wait a second. Now, here's something. What is it? Ch- Chasalon?
1: Yeah, why not?
0: Chasalon? He goes after Vice, but the other Alpha Lantern there doesn't.
1: There's another Alpha Lantern there?
0: Yeah, yeah, actually. Look at the page opposite where they release Vice.
1: Oh, yeah, right up there next to Isolot.
0: Yeah, yeah, like uh page opposite Vice breaking out of the science cell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the I think it's Green Man, is it, or is that someone else?
0: Is that who that is? I can't remember.
1: Huh? I didn't even notice him.
0: Yeah. So there is another Alpha Lantern there, and he's content to just you know fight off this giant thing. But yeah, you have Chisolm, who, in in all of the the, the stuff going down, he decides. The most important thing is to go after the thing that's defeating their enemy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Guardians did order... Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. These Alpha Lanterns are useless.
1: Not completely useless. One killed Kyle. (laughs) What? It was his battery. Oh, okay. And notice that Vice does have a ring... (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. So they they never even took off the ring when they locked him in the science cell. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't understand
1: the logistics on that one at all. Maybe he swallowed it. I don't think. Um, oh god, what's their what's their jail bear's name? Vaz. Vaz. I don't I don't, I don't think Vaz did a cavity search. So no, they, they wouldn't have found it.
0: Uh, So, uh, he dies, and now uh, there's a red lantern ring just kinda floating around Oa.
1: Yeah, and we know where that's going. We do.
0: If, if any of you have seen the cover to the next issue, you know where that's going. Yeah. And you know why after reading the end of this issue.
1: Oh, God, yeah. I got to say, it wasn't the... The, the death I was expecting to trigger it. But, you know, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> oh god, where was... Oh, question. Yes. Uh,
0: now, next episode, well, the next episode that this issue comes out, we can, uh, discuss who exactly you thought was going to be the one that died to, uh, give motivation to where that red ring was going. Yes. But... Like I'll ask you now, are you happier with this kind of uh, ending, or would you have rather the other thing happen? The other person had uh, been the reason.
1: While still be saying vague about it, I think this is the only death out of the two that would have been significant to readers. So I think this was ultimately the better choice. Yeah. If that other person died, you know, people would have been like, oh, well. Kind of sucks for them, (laughs) but (laughs) this—I mean, on our forum, there are people who are like, like there, there's at least one or two people who like cried when they read this. So it's like, it's like, yeah, you you want your art, and that goes story and visuals. You want your art to elicit a reaction, an honest emotional reaction out of people, and this is how you do that. So like, I'm glad they want this route. Yeah. Even though, and particularly because, like, we know, okay, you can do this, and you can do it well, even though it's not going to stick.
2: Mm.
1: And, I mean, no, no it's not going to stick. All the, all of the thing, all of the soap opera stuff they've set up with, like, the Jade, Kyle, to Sunestro stuff, they haven't touched yet. So right. they're not going to take Kyle out of the equation.
0: Okay, I yeah, that, that's a good point. And actually something that I just realized... Something that I think is, it's really, really clever that they, you know, stuck this in and I didn't even realize it until just now. Kyle's ring, because of the moratorium, is headed straight towards Mogo and they're not going to recruit any new recruits. Right? Yeah. Well, that means that nobody else is going to get his ring so that in case he is resurrected, he can still go get his ring.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like, it's a placeholder for him, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. So do you think we're going to get Black Lantern Kyle Rayner?
0: Um, I don't think so, actually. I think they're probably kind of done with, like, Black Lanterns, aside from what's happening in Blackest Night.
1: I'm not sure. Because, I mean, in here... Alright, let's go based on this issue... We, we, can, we can understand it to mean that... Alright, the Black Lanterns, first their job is to, to gather enough energy to fill the, the Black Central Battery and resurrect Necron, or bring Necron over, or whatever. Right. Once that's done, their new goal is apparently to attack the assorted Central Power Batteries of the other cores. So once that's done... It becomes a question of, all right, are they just going to fade away, or is does this ever growing army have another stage to their purpose? Because there's there's still a lot of living things out there. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking of, like, like well, I think, I think you brought it up more than I have the whole question of, like, alright, Black Lantern Jade knowing what Kyle saw in Miri's tiara vision thing. Right. yeah. About, like, how, like, oh, he really saw Jade as his one true love, but he lied and told Saranic it was her. And, like, realistically, there's no reason she should know that, but they put that in there to kind of try and push that conflict and controversy forward. Right. Well, what if... Because, I mean, like, like, what if Black Lantern Kyle shows up, goes after Saranic, and starts, like, bearing, quote-unquote, bearing his soul about the truth, about how he feels about Jade versus Saranic, just to try and, like, stir her up. And then, like, that's after Black Night is over and they're both alive and whatever, that's something that she and Kyle have to, like, deal with. Or that's something that, like, drives a wedge or whatever.
0: Well, that's true, but I mean, like, I think it wouldn't be that difficult to work through because she knows that he loved all these people. And he also knows that they all died. So, I mean, like, you can't really hold it against somebody for still loving somebody that they once loved that has now died. You know, I mean, like, what Kyle, you know, had, had did, you know, what he did with the uh, lying about what he saw in the tiara, you know, that's like, that's the, that's the actions of somebody that realizes that he still loves somebody that's departed, but he wants to plan a future that's alive.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, like, it would be so easy to perceive it as their whole relationship being based on a lie.
0: It's kind of the the, the way that you look at it. You can either look at it that he is making his own destiny and that he's not believing in, you know, what some crystal tells him. Hmm. Or you can look at it like, oh, our whole relationship is based on a lie. I mean, they could go that route, but that's very soap opera-y, I think.
1: Oh, th- come on. As if superhero comics are above soap opera.
0: Come on. <laughs> True. That's that's a good point. Uh. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to touch on was, uh, and I, I think you may have brought this up, or somebody brought this up on the forum. A battery blows up in his arms. It looks like he's being torn apart. Yeah. And yet... As the ring's flying off him, he's in remarkably good shape.
1: I brought up the pack that kind of looks like he was torn in half by it, and someone else suggested that well, maybe his body absorbed some of that energy, you know, possibly having to do with the fact that he was he was a host to Ion before and all that, which you know I could see them going with.
0: Hmm. I think somebody else on the forum had mentioned that, uh, I guess uh, to play on what you had said that maybe. He the, the energy that he absorbed will allow him to play like a, a role as like a like a smaller version of Vion.
1: Like maybe an inciting incident to to change him somehow, mm-hmm. and maybe you can have your your bold new direction for Kyle that sta- lets him stand out from everyone else.
0: Or it could be that the process of the Indigo Ring is to, like, rebuild your body, like, a new body. So his old body, like, was obliterated, but now he's working with a new indigo body.
1: <sighs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of seeing, let's talk about the art. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, I, you know, I'm going to go to the, the, most impo- the, the biggest page out of all that of I think. They're all heading to the battery.
1: Yeah, the two-page thing. Yeah. I love that. That was That's the incredible. best shot.
0: Yeah, man. The, the battery is like it's drawn absolutely beautiful here.
1: I don't usually like it with like the really elongated front and back part coming out, mm-hmm. but like this, it really works.
0: Definitely, the black bars. You know, I think it it does it helps
1: to emphasize it. It gives a sense of focus. All of, of all of a sudden, being like, okay. Look at this.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. You want to, uh, name all of these lanterns?
1: All of what? Oh, all of who? <laughs> yes. Actually, just... there's Zarin Pell in the middle. He's the yeah. one who fought Doomsday and died. And... <laughs> yeah. God. There's Keon in the corner. And... I
0: think that's, uh, Bzzz.
1: Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. There's Black Dot number four.
0: What about uh what about the rest of the art?
1: I was happy with it. Like nothing stood out as really bad. Like like a few of the red lantern panels, I couldn't really tell what the hell was going on. But well actually just the one where it's like over the two pages and it's just kinda sideways and there's blood everywhere. I don't know. (laughs) But um No, I liked it. I really liked that full page shot of that giant construct. Pulling the battery out of the ground? Oh, yeah. Like something out of Fantasia.
0: You know, one thing that I'm a little surprised about was you had all these Black Lanterns, like, going after the battery. Battery, Foundation, Compromised. The thing's about to steal the battery. Now, while I didn't really like it that much, back in Final Crisis mi- miniseries...
1: Yes. Oh, I know what you're talking
0: yeah, the Guardians used this little thing where they kind of shunted the the main power battery into, like, this protected whatever so that it couldn't be, like, stolen by, you know, seeds forces.
1: Like, into another dimension or something weird.
0: Yeah. And I think they did the same thing back with Necron. Back with the, yep. uh, the Tales of the Cores. Because, yeah, wasn't it like... So, oh, or well, was the the battery destroyed or something like that?
1: Because now that's the, the one where it just randomly blew up and they never explained why.
0: Oh, is that what happened?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So okay, that that was well, that was a different you know situation. But here, like, if you have the ability to take the entire power battery and put it somewhere where you know they can't get to it, then why the hell wouldn't you do that?
1: Eh, I don't. know, Maybe you need a guardian to do it because they're all kind of indisposed.
0: Ah, uh, maybe. Uh, I'll I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide this one time.
1: It's like, all right, you got you guys. I'll let you go this once. But if one more behemoth just shows up out of space to steal it, you, oh, I'm gonna get you. Um. Uh One thing. Up now. Look at the cover. Yeah. This is a really good cover for two reasons. First, at the bottom, it has the little, like, ring status update warning. It says, like, warning, central power battery consumption in progress. Right. And, like, this is, like, it used to be a given that there would be text and dialogue all over a comic cover. But, like, DC and Marvel especially have have just not done it almost as a rule for a long time. And... It's just starting to creep back in, like, with those Agent Orange covers that had mine, mine, mine all over the back of it. Yeah. And, like, this was, like, a really good... Because, I mean, if you just look at the image itself, it's 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 just a general, okay, oh, man, they're swarming the battery. When you read that, it feels more urgent. Because, like, oh, they're not just swarming it. They're going to freaking eat it. Oh, my God. So, it's, like, it makes it more serious. It works because it's, like... It's a SAS update like that's how it would look in a panel of the story <laughs> and it just it it draws you in a little bit more and the second reason I l- really like this cover is is more show specific I guess uh, the most prominent black lantern in this image like almost right in the middle is uh is a uh, baron with his ex. I
0: knew it oh my God that is him. Yep, I you know I saw the axe, and I'm like, oh my god, that axe looks really familiar. I'm like, could that be? I'm like, no, this is no way. That that is him.
1: Hey, I hey, we made him popular again, so you know, DC heard. Gleason's <laughs> sitting there with his iPod in and going like, Baron, holy shit, I gotta draw this guy. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah, you know what, like. As, as strange as it sounds, like when I first read this, I didn't look very closely at the cover and I definitely didn't read that that little message on it. So, as I was reading this issue and all of a sudden it's like, okay, 100%, you know, reached a consume willpower. Like, I had no idea what they were talking about at first. And then I see them swarm the the central power battery and it's like, oh crap, you know, they're gonna... Try and take out the main central power battery. That's like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty big. I, 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 I yeah. didn't I didn't really, I don't think I saw that coming. And it was a nice surprise.
1: Yeah. I think like the placement of this bubble on the cover might be a little like it should have been higher up or in the towards the middle or something because like, it's down there right next to the barcode and the the credits and it's like essentially exactly the same size. So it's kind of like. It looks more like cover copy than content, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But it's like I still like the idea and I still think it like like I want them to do it more. Just like learn from this.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a a good good cover cuz it, it you know, it gives you an idea of what's actually going to happen inside the comic. It's something else that they don't do often. Which, I will say one thing, because I'm not going to talk about any issues that, you know, are coming out down the road. But I saw, like, say, Adventure Comics number four.
1: Yeah, the Superboy series.
0: It comes with the Blue Lantern ring. And the thing that I thought was odd, that, like, there's, like, a bubble on the cover that says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, Jeff Johns, award-winning writer, or... There's something like that, something to the effect of praising Jeff Johns and, like, trying to drum up, I guess, interest based on the fact that Jeff Johns is an award-winning writer of some sort. And, I mean, like, I can understand from the point of view that, okay, you want to get the word out, but by the same token, like, some of these covers, like, that particular cover for Adventure Comics number four is a really, really cool-looking cover. I would want to keep as much text off of that as possible, to help display the artwork, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, like, 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 where do you put that kind of advertising? Because, I mean, I mean, if you're trying to get people to read a Jeff Johns book based on his name and reputation or whatever, so you put his accolades on the cover, or you don't need to put that on it's it's almost like you don't even need to put that on a book that he's writing because the people reading like that's no that's that's bad like <laughs> all right in terms of it being a blackest night tie-in that he's writing like it it's it's almost like enough stuff is linked up where like like okay if you're reading blackest night you're probably also reading green lantern in which case you really don't need a blurb on Adventure Comics to tell you what a good writer Jeff Johns is to entice you to buy Adventure Comics, it,
0: right, yeah, it's, not, I mean I,
1: right. I, almost partly think it would serve them better to put like the the Jeff Johns accolades blurb on, like a completely non, Lantern related book that Jeff Johns doesn't write, you know, what I mean like if if the new issue of Batman and Robin came out, written by Morrison, has nothing to do with Green Lantern. And it just says, like, like Jeff Johns is blank, blank, blank. That, like, that would almost seem like more effective advertising. Because, like, like it wouldn't be just preaching to the choir who's already buying and reading Jeff Johns' book.
0: Well, if you're going to do it like that, then I think it would be wiser to, like, you know, have it as the back page kind of thing. You know, that um, DC Nation yeah. thing. Like that's really where it should go. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that it should be on a different book that he doesn't write.
1: Oh, okay, you know, and I'm not saying they should do that, but it's like it almost but, seems like it would do the job better than one that, if you're, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's like no matter how I try and put this like in words or in my head, it seems like it doesn't work just as much as it does work. You know?
0: Yeah. Well. You know, if, if they're going to do something like that, what I think is, right now we have the Green Lantern core issue and we have the Blackest Night Doom Patrol issue. It's like the uh, the Adventure Comics is just like the Doom Patrol issue in that it has the Blackest Night bar at the top and the second feature bar at the bottom. Whereas the Green Lantern core has the Blackest Night bar at the top and nothing at the bottom. If you're going to advertise the Jeff Johns written, you know, thing it should really be on a bar across the bottom so that it doesn't get in the way of any of the
1: art. Maybe put his head in the little circle like the Metal Man thing.
0: (laughs) I'd be cool with that. That'd be funny. It's
1: like, also read Jeff Jones.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, shall we go into Doom Patrol number four?
1: Let's. You can do the rundown for this. Oh, God. Okay, Doom
0: Patrol, Blackest Night, Doom Patrol number four. Here we have the Black Lantern Celsius giving us a rundown of all the different Doom Patrols that have come along. Celsius was part of the second Doom Patrol, it looks like. And then she's brought back along with a couple, what was it, three other Black Lantern Doom Patrols. So it's uh, almost, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's three others behind her. So it's almost like a Black Lantern Doom Patrol. Okay, so then, you know, next scene is, uh, the Doom Patrol getting off a plane onto Oolong Island, which the only thing that I remember that from is 52.
1: Yeah, that's a nice carryover from 52, I like that. Yeah. It's where all the scientists were.
0: So, okay, I don't know most of these characters, but Elastigirl (laughs) is being, you know, hunted by... Tempest, a Black Lantern Tempest from one of the old Doom
1: Patrols. We should throw in not the same guy as, you know, Aquaman's former sidekick grown-up that's a, over in the Titans. He's a t- totally different character, same name.
0: Then we have Niles Calder, you said? Yes. Yeah, he's, uh, he's getting word from The Flash, finding out about these Black Lanterns. At the same time, he's being attacked by Celsius. Then we have Robot man being repaired by the negative man kinda dude in a uh, new body. He tosses away his old body and that's when they're being attacked by the negative man kinda black lantern dude. And he's he's what?
1: I think that's negative woman.
0: Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, she's attacking both of them, the Negative Man and Robot Man, and they're fighting. Some other stuff's going on. Tempest is still fighting a girl, sucking out her breath and hitting her with electric lightning bolts. Niles Calder is uh, getting his uh, butt beat by Celsius, and what I think is one of the coolest reveals, even though I have no idea what's going on, basically, (laughs) is Robot Man's brainless body is revived as a Black Lantern and is going after Robot Man.
1: Yeah, that was cool.
0: There's also a backup story by the Metal Men, but uh, we'll get into that later.
1: So is this the first issue of Doom Patrol of this current series you've read? It absolutely is. (laughs) Yeah, I when they first announced this was coming, I could not wait. Because, I mean, like, it's a Keith Giffen Doom Patrol. And he's with um, a metalman backup that's not only by Keith Giffen, but it's drawn by a... Uh, oh, what's his name? Where is AMT it? Mateus. Yeah, the same creative team of Justice League International. So I'm like, yes! <laughs> and it's like, it's one of those where, like, like, I think I hyped it up so much in my head that when we finally got it, it was like, like I don't know, not what I was expecting, you know?
0: Oh wait a second. No, The Metal Men is written by J.M. DiMatteis and drawn by Kevin McGuire.
1: Oh, wait, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, continue. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I think Giffen and DiMatteis were both writers on Justice League and Maguire drew some of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So I read the first issue of it, because I've, I've just been kind of letting these pile up. Because I read the first issue, it was okay, and then I saw Blackest Night Time come in, and I'm like, okay, you know what, I'll just catch up on all of them in one shot. And I read one through four last night oh, in wow. preparation for this. Yeah, all I can say is, like, like I kind of feel bad for people who are going to read this in trade, because this is absolutely not a trade-weight series, just in, like, in how much they give you per issue. Like, it's like it takes a while. Really. Um yeah. Cuz I mean, did you stop to read like all of the little like like and that's another thing about the series. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of it can be kind of tedious at the same time. Whenever they show you like a computer screen, it's always information you can read and that you need to read, except it can be written really tiny. And they and like all over the place they give these little like like uh, like, landscape kind of panels just showing you, like, what it says in the character's email or the character's journal or in the character's personal notes or whatever. Right. Like, if you stop to read all of them, it can... I mean, to give you a point of reference, I usually take a half an hour to read a single issue anyway just because I read slow. Yeah. And, like, th- like it took me, like, an extra 15 minutes for each issue of this. So it's like... Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Doom Patrol series as a series. Well it's definitely interesting.
0: Just reading this one issue, like like I said, I have very little idea what's going on because I've never read Doom Patrol before. I mean, I have a slight interest in Doom Patrol. I you know, I have a slight curiosity. I like the robot man character. I like the Elastigirl, you know, costume at least. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's good. And this issue was entertaining. It's like, I didn't have to know who these people were. I didn't, you know, have to care about their backstories. It was just fun to read. It was just interesting.
1: And I definitely like how, like... Like, alright, this... The Doom Patrol themselves are these profoundly disturbed people. And, like, they're... Niles Calder, Niles Calder, the guy who's running the show... Yeah. he He manipulates that. He plays on that to get them to do what he wants. Like... He is a cold, calculating bastard. Like, like imagine the X-Men if Professor Xavier was constantly using his telepathy to, like, to, like, make you feel so bad about yourself that you have to do what he says to try and give yourself (laughs) a little more worth or try to please somebody and, like, not be a total failure at life. Like, that's what this is.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Even Robot Man?
1: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so like like if you like if you can find the the first issue of this run like it's it has like like he's going over their files and like like it 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 kinda he like runs down what's wrong with them psychologically and then what tactics you can use when approaching them to elicit the best response for oh, his intentions
0: i see i see well that's clever. <laughs>
1: How how insanely creepy is it that Robot Man keeps all of his old broken bodies like of himself in a big hole in the backyard?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely creepy.
1: It's like I keep count, you know.
0: Um Yeah, no, I mean, it's e- even not not knowing anything about this comic, just like knowing that he's basically a brain in a robot. Like that last page where they do the reveal of his body with his brain carved out. I mean, like, that's just, that was so cool.
1: Oh, yeah, and I was like, I didn't think about it at the time, because I, I saw obviously on that, spli- on that opening page where they have one figure in shadow. And then they did the thing where he he lands at its feet and looks up, and you don't see who it is. Yeah. But I just figure, like, okay, it's somebody from Doom Patrol history I wouldn't know, or something. But, like, this makes so much sense. Like, like this is the kind of personal Black Lantern things that should be happening. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, you know, Robot Man's driving instructor from <laughs> that time when he was a kid, and he almost got his license. But, hey, it's okay, because the driving instructor knew he could do it and knew he was a good driver all along. And I love... <laughs> I love this line. When uh, Black Lantern Tempest is standing over Elastigirl, who's... She's grown to a giant, and she's just and helpless. He just... <laughs> he just leans down on her and is like, biggest heart ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, now this... uh this was, like, this was definitely worth with reading. And, you know, if, if anybody out there, you know, decided, you know what, I'm going to pass on these, these tie-ins because, you know, they're not going to be worth reading. You know, like, I would doubt that this will actually have any impact on the Blackest Night series as a whole. But it's still, like, it's so worth reading.
1: Now, do you think, because uh, I mean a lot of people gave this a try, because it had the yellow ring attached to it. Do you think the next issue, which is also Blackest Night related, but no ring, do you think that'll sell as well?
0: I don't think it'll sell as well as this issue, but I do think that it will uh,
1: sell a lot. So what do you think? After Blackest Night tie-ins are done, do you think you'll go back for more Doom Patrol?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I kept on saying that I was gonna get issues one through three. But like the fact that it's three ninety nine and like I don't know how I feel about this Metal Men backup.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, like I was reading this one and yeah, okay, I guess we'll talk about it now. You know, it's got these mannequins that are like robots also that are kinda of evil I guess. <laughs>
1: You know, flipping through, I I didn't realize until just now, I don't think I read this back up. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I read the... I read them in the the first three issues. Yeah. And, I mean, it's... I mean, I like it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, move move along a little bit. Because, I mean, it's not really a continuing story so much as it's like... Every month is almost like a ten-page vignette into their world. Or like, like I love this idea that um, um, oh God, what's this? What's the professor's name? Ivo? No, no, uh, no. Mag, Magnus. Magnus, yeah, Magnus. Yeah, I love the idea that Will Magnus. And his robot super team just kind of moved into this housing community, and everyone who lives there is like so insanely uncomfortable with like what they perceive to be like a family of killer robots living down the street. (laughs) They'll go to like homeowners association gatherings and like fuel their complaints while it's like the Melman are like mowing everybody's lawns and they're doing like, (laughs) they're just like being weird. Like that stuff I really like. Like that kind of gives. Because, I mean, yeah, this creative team, I think, lends themselves to their best work when they have just, like a, like, a small number of characters in a room together talking to each other. Like, Like, this is a talking head creative team as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, what's interesting about this is that, like, here you have an issue which is going to sell, like, four times as well at least than the regular, you know, Sales on this book. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say four times as much. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can understand wanting to start like a new, you know, kind of like small story vignette, so that people will get an idea. Like you can kind of jump on to Metal Men with this issue, and that's probably why the the first three were just small like ten page stories as opposed to like you know a six page mini series kind of thing. So, yeah. like you know six issue mini. So, what what kind of gets me is that, okay, this is being drawn by Kevin McGuire, who's pretty much known, like, for his totally emotional faces, right? Yes. And oh. the bad, the, the, the villains of this story are three mannequins that don't show any facial emotions at all. Oh, God. You know, like, wouldn't it make sense to you to try and, like... Come up with something where you can fully display your artist's strength.
1: Like in the last three issues.
0: <laughs> you know, like that's one thing. And second of all, like this particular story I didn't think was that that great. I mean it was okay. It was it was very just mediocre. Like, you know, I'm sure that those those previous ones where, you know, it's just like you get everything you want out of that little, you know, that little story in the back, that's got to be a lot more satisfying than, you know, than this. I, it's like, I just, I feel like here you you've been given better than a golden opportunity. You've been given like, you know, like a diamond opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're going to sell like so many more copies of your book. I mean, seriously, like, I'd be like, okay, we're going to make this, like, the greatest Metal Men story that's ever been written, and it's going to make people want to come back, you know, forever to read Metal Men, even though it has nothing to do with the Blackest Night tie-in. Which, that's another thing, why wouldn't you make it a Blackest Night tie-in? I I mean, the Metal Men, like, having them, you know, fight Black Lanterns would be, like, so much more interesting than some of the other tie-ins that we're getting. Because they're metal men. They don't have hearts.
1: Well, Yeah, but who you, who would you really bring back for them to fight? Cause it, I mean, it's
0: not who you bring back for them. It's who, you know, you can bring back for anybody else. You can bring back, like, literally, like, any character anywhere for any other character. And they can just show up on the scene and, you know, help fight off the Black Lanterns. I mean, like, the, the, the fact that they don't have any hearts... I think kind of makes them, like, you know, great weapons against Black Lanterns. That's true.
2: Hmm.
0: And they're not doing anything with them for Blackest Night. And this particular story, I don't think, capitalized on the fact that they are going to get, like, an, an amazing boost. Like, the Doom Patrol, they give you the entire history of all the Doom Patrols in, like, what, two pages, basically? Three pages? Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's brilliant. That's really, really good, you know, marketing concept. The Metal Men is just like, okay, I want to tell a fun story, and hopefully that'll, you know, get people involved. It's like, no. It's like, this is a major issue. This should be more than just a fun story. This should be a freaking amazing Metal Men story.
1: I think the disconnect comes from the fact that, like, like I mean, the, the Metal Men backups really, like, it's not superhero stuff. It's It's really, it's like, just day-in-the-life kind of stuff of these robots who just kind of happen to be robots and they're living in this neighborhood and occasional and like every now and then they'll do something out of this world like like in one of the issues they got sent up into space to repair a satellite and they mess up and kick it and it hits another satellite that knocks out television for like 48 states. The end. <laughs> and it's it's just it's it's just like a goofy interlude once a month.
0: It like and, and I, I mean I, okay I can I can buy them not tying it into Blackest Night. Like I you know I, I I can I can accept that oh well okay they're metal men so you don't want to tie them in whatever. But but really like. Give us, give us, like, a great story. Don't give us, don't give us this. That's all I'm saying. Now, um, what you were saying as far as the ring that came with this issue. Yeah. It came with the yellow fear ring. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't, I think, honestly, like, it probably should have come with orange. right? Just because, like, the biggest thing in this was the fact that no matter what he's confronted with, uh, Professor Calder, it like he you know true to form, all that shows through is his own greed. Yeah. Whereas like I haven't read it yet, but I think like a yellow ring is supposed to show up, or some or a senator member or whatever is supposed to show up in the Rebels issue. Yes. Which comes with like indigo or something, so like why doesn't the yellow ring come with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like or, or it might have even been the orange ring. Well what what issues came out? It was Rebels and Booster Gold. Yeah. Okay, I think Booster Gold came with orange. But like very soon. That simply, makes sense, actually. <laughs> well You could have you could have stuck indigo with Booster Gold. You could have stuck yellow with Rebels, and you could have stuck orange with, uh, you know, Doom Patrol. And then, okay, well, it, do- it wouldn't make a lot of sense for the Indigo to go with Booster Gold, but by the same token, it would make a lot of sense for the other rings to come with the other issues.
1: They should have thrown everybody for a loop and had Booster come with a, a Legion ring. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my god, my Green Lantern ring was printed wrong. It has a big L and a star on it. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Actually, you know, now that they're seeing how well these rings are, you know, boosting their sales, I wonder if they'll be doing more ring-based promotions. Like, when they restart the Flash series, give us a Flash ring.
1: That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Still, if they'll make them just slightly larger. (laughs) You know.
0: Then they won't fit anybody's hands.
1: Except mine. Except mine. Shut up. (laughs)
0: Listen, Listen. they don't make rings that'll fit the hands of Kilowog.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they make at least one. He wears one. Uh, So there. (laughs) So there.
0: Oh. Okay. Got anything else to say about these two books?
1: Not really, no.
2: Okay. That's Lately I've been thinking About the way my life's been going And all the things I used to know I don't seem to be Knowing all the knowledge in the world has now been handed down and is firmly in the grasp of every 18 year old in town. They are
1: some news? Yeah, well, something I just found before we started today was, was uh, they have a trailer up for the JSA episodes of Smallville, which apparently it's not going to be treated as a two-parter anymore. It's going to be like, like a, a, what, Smallville has hour-long episodes, right? Yes. They're treating it kind of like a movie, where it's going to be the whole thing in one shot with, like, limited commercial interruption, so... It's yeah. basically a two-hour Smallville, Smallville JSA movie on like uh, I didn't write down when it is, but you know, it's coming. <laughs> oh man, and like the big thing because you always wonder when Smallville brings in superheroes from DC, like like wh- how his how house is going to look because they don't really do costumes, right? Right. And this time around, they're like going full on like like. This is like the most comic accurate thing I've ever seen done like this is insane like they have they have in the trailer you can clearly make out you know the original Sandman, dr Fate Hawkman there's like pictures of, all over the place of like people like the flash and like like there's no words like I'm so insanely surprised that they're going that route. Let me answer like what do you think about that about bringing just like I guess, uber-comic-accurate costumes into something like Smallville.
0: I think... I think they should have done it a while ago. I mean, seriously, people will buy costumes. We have enough, like, success with comic book movies that people don't really have an issue with costumes anymore. So, I mean, not to mention, like, this is the JSA, so I'm sure that, you know, one way or another, they'll come up with, like, a way to play it off, but... You know, I mean, I, I think it'll fly, no problem.
1: My only concern is that it won't look as good as we hope it will. Because I mean, there's a there's a still frame of Hawkman out there, and you know, we'll, we'll put in the episode thread. But like, I even I even commented on Facebook, like, like looking at that one image is like the biggest proof ever that that directly translating a superhero outfit screen is a terrible idea. It's like that it it like you saw that picture, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the, the, it was,
0: it was awful. <laughs> but maybe that's the point. How so? Like maybe I don't know. It, it's it's weird, but like I, I just I have this feeling where it's like we kind of have to wait and see because it may be that these these people, these characters are going to look the way that they look, you know, for a specific reason. And, okay, well, maybe Hawkman doesn't, you know, come off as well, but, you know, that may be what they're going for.
1: A thought I had was, you know, what if they're only in costume for flashbacks? You know? Like, if they're going to play up the history angle, which I think they are, because, in the trailer, you can see somebody pulling a sheet off of a Justice Society table, like, meeting table. Right. So maybe, like, maybe you'll run into guys like Hawkman and whoever in the present, and there'll be necessary flashbacks that show us, you know, parts of the story that happened in the 40s, and that's where they're in their, like, garish outfits and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, and, uh, the, it's tentatively... let's see, hold on. It looks like they're shooting to get this out by February 5th, it looks like.
1: Oh, I thought it was a lot sooner than that. I don't know why I thought, but I just did. <laughs> and this is a Jeff Johns written thing, too. Really? Yep, we can put that blurb all over everything.
0: You know what Jeff Johns also uh, has a part in writing? What? Titan Maximum on Adult Swim. What
1: the hell is Titan Maximum?
0: It's kind of like a like a parody of Voltron. It's like you know what if Voltron was piloted by a bunch of jerks you know, and like well two of the people like one one person gets killed off in the time that they you know had spent retired kinda so and another person became like a mega villain, so the two people that take over are like the kid brother of like the main. You know, jerk of the team And The monkey that repairs everything Oh, good <laughs> It's really funny, it's it's a great show And I thought it was funny that Jeff Johns Is, like, one of the writers
1: Is it kind of a Nation looking thing Almost?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely
1: Okay, because I just punched it into Google And I got, like, eight different Completely unrelated things But this one that looks like They're sitting around in Voltron-like suits no, not even not like kind of more the way like Moral Oral looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Huh?
1: How long has that been going?
0: A few weeks, definitely a few weeks. I think they're probably pretty close to like a season ending or something like that.
1: Wow, well that'll be good because Adult Swim puts like almost all of their stuff on DVD at some point anyway. So, oh, yeah. Cause, I mean, I don't have Cartoon Network anymore, which saddens me when I think about it. But
0: <laughs> uh, just buy the DVDs.
1: Did you see they put out um I don't remember if I saw it an ad in a comic or not, but they're putting out like like yeah. this weird kind of season box thing where it's just like you get like like six episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and an episode of C Lab and five episodes of the Brack Show and like like Okay, okay, two wait, seasons wait, wait. Of the
0: moral world. <laughs> I'm i am I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down for you. Take your Green Lantern core issue and turn it over. Seriously. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no, knew I saw it's, that somewhere. It's basically kind of like they had extras of certain seasons, like Sea Lab Season Two, Metalock, Me- Metalocalypse Season One, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Coast, Coast Season Three, and a few other things. And it's just like you know, it's so random. It's basically like, okay, we had extras of these seasons, so let's all th- throw it in a box and throw in a bonus DVD with five Adult Swim pilots that were that haven't been released yet. I, I was, like, checking it out on uh, Amazon.com. And it's like, people are buying it just for that disc with the pilot episodes.
1: Really? Yeah. Why?
0: Well, because those pilot episodes are, like, they're really, really good. It's some of the series, like... Uh, yeah, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but it's like, it's episodes like they made one episode, they showed it on Adult Swim, and they'll play it every once in a blue moon, but it never got its own series, so they never put it out on, you know, DVD.
1: Is it that? Is it things like that? That like that drinking bird and that super jail and that well, kind no. of stuff?
0: No, like super jail is its own series. Oh dear God. The Drinking Bird. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I, I assume that that's probably its own series. There's uh, there was a se- there was a show about like these guys that you know were into like uh, Dungeons and Dragons. There was a cartoon. Took you know there was like a comic book store kind of setting. Um, I don't remember it, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was really funny, but it never you know, made it to become its own series. And it really, like, it's not it's not that expensive for the box. Like really I already have the Aqua Teen Hunger Force volume two. But uh I think like if I didn't have that I would probably consider it because those are really funny series.
1: You know what I don't know I don't even know if they collected this. Uh this is one of the one of the last shows I started seeing before, you know, the cable switch thing happened and I lost Cartoon Network. Only Cartoon Network too. All the other channels are still here. Just Cartoon <laughs> Network they took from me. God. Um conniving bastards. Um uh Frisky Dingo. Have you ever seen oh. that? It's the one with like Yeah. Yeah, yeah that w- that was hilarious. Like that was so <laughs> just off the wall, just like like so uh, it's it's like a rich guy who's a superhero, who is also a presidential candidate if he didn't get elected already, just palling around in the sewers with his archenemy who's blind and thinks he's like a, a woman or a guitarist or something. It's it's just so random and good. Wait, isn't Frisky Dingo? I thought he was a, a supervillain. No, that's well, his his villains. Alright, all right, let's clarify. The the villain's name is Killface.
0: Yeah.
1: The big white naked dude, that's right. Killface. Right. Frisky Dingo is actually like like the passcode for Killface's death ray rocket laser thing. <laughs> I don't remember what the main character's name is, but it's Every
0: episode that I ever saw was always focused on Killface.
1: Yeah, or his son that mumbles oh. a lot and wears a... <laughs> okay, yeah. The the good guy was
0: Xander Cruz.
1: Yes. And he was like, oh, Awesome X. That was his superhero name. Yeah. I'm like, it has something with an X in it. Phantom X? No, that's an X-Men guy. Damn it, who is he? <laughs> that was a good show. <laughs> his girlfriend randomly got spider powers at one point. Gets <laughs> pissed off, glows green, and, like, sh- spits... Web at people or something. I don't remember what she could do. It was a, it was a fun series. Oh boy. I, I think Killface did get elected president too. Oh
0: boy. Do we have any other news, Dan?
1: Um. Well, they did tell us finally how Blackest Night's gonna be collected. Oh really? Yeah. Much to the chagrin of some people. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Now, when I tell you Blackest Night, the eight-issue miniseries with Two support books is being collected. Like, roughly, what number, what, like, what number jumps out at you in terms of how many volumes this will be? Like,
0: of. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, um. Seven or eight?
1: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, right, I, uh, oh, oh well, let, let me run it down first, because like, you've got. All right, there's this one volume of just the 8 issue Black as is Night miniseries. One volume of just the Green Lantern issues. One volume of just the Green Lantern Core issues. Uh, one volume that collects the Batman, Superman, Titan miniseries. A volume that collects the JSA Flash on Wonder Woman miniseries. And, uh, one that collects the Tales of the Core, <laughs> which I don't understand, because that's only three issues. And one that collects the uh, all the January one-shots of like the, the quote-unquote resurrected series, like the Question and Starman and Power Shazam and all that. F- f- first, on this point, like what the hell are they going to put in Tales of the Core to pad it out? Or will they not? Because it's three issues, and they're not above giving us a four-issue hardcover, Agent Orange.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's so thin. Like, I'm looking at it to think, to see if, like, okay, well, maybe they padded it with something. And, nope, it's $20 for four issues. That's ridiculous.
1: Maybe they'll just reprint Black as Night Zero several times in the back.
0: Like, the only thing that I could possibly imagine is, what if there are back-up tales in some of the future, you know, series? Like, what if the the resurrected titles each come with a back-up, backup, you know, Tales of the Core Story?
1: We might get another Secret Files out of this, too. So maybe they could put that at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Or if there's, like, another one-shot here or there, you know, Tales of, like, the Predator or something like that. Stuff like that would definitely fit in there. You know, if they can give me more than three issues in that, then I'll call that a good deal. You know? If it's just the three issues, though, then that's that's ridiculous.
1: Not going to be hardcover price for what's essentially one and a half good issues.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, for the rest of the breakdown, you know, Blackest Night in its own miniseries, and Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, each in their own, you know, separate trades... I don't I don't really have a problem with that. You know, when the the Sinestro core came out, it, it's collected over two volumes and you know, you get the Green Lantern and Green Lantern core, half of that in one, and then the other half in the other series. I guess that worked, but by the same token, since I was waiting to get the, the volume two in paperback, I only have volume one right now. And, you know, I like you know, with money the way that it is right now, I'm kind of holding off on getting that second volume.
1: I won't tell you what happens.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I obviously I have all the issues, but the, you know, when it's collected like this, at least you'll have, you know, like a full series in one trade, so that if you only have the money to buy the the Blackest Night main trade, you'll get the story. You're You're gonna know everything that you need to know for that particular story. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily see how the Green Lantern trade is going to work on its own without the Blackest Night, main mm-hmm. you know main series. But I think the Green Lantern Core can.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's been my big concern since the start. Like, all right, they have better collect Green Lantern Core because realistically, it's telling its own story with its own characters in its own place. Like, it's it's ha- it has the the Blackest Night as the backdrop, the common backdrop for everything, but Green Lantern core doesn't need to be mushed in with any other stuff. Right. And, I mean, I think I've been saying, like, I wish they had found a better way to collect Sinestro Core because, like, it, it felt like like you were reading two different stories that you really didn't need to be reading together with that one. And with this, like, I guess the big thing that people are are not liking is the fact that Green Lantern itself is going to have a separate volume. Right. Which, like, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence, because... I mean, the for the first three issues, it went directly back and forth between Green... You know, you read Green Lantern number whatever, then read Gre- Blackest Night 1. Then the last panel of that feeds right into the first panel of the next Green Lantern issue. The last panel of that feeds right into the next issue of Blackest Night. It, it was seamless. But then when... Hal disappeared in issue three and just kind of went off in his own direction in his book. Like, issue four Blackest Night, for all we know, that could end up being kind of the breaking point where those books just diverge and start doing their own different thing.
0: Well, even though they, they diverge, I think, I think like, really, without reading the Green Lantern issues, you can read Blackest Night and, and have a full story. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, okay, yeah, the Green Lantern issues may continue the story... But I think you get enough of what's going on you know, in Blackest Night to tell the full story. And if that's the case, then you're obviously going to sell a lot more of the Blackest Night trades than the Blackest Night Green Lantern trade. It's just like that's the main series. That's what people want. If they want to buy the extra stuff, they buy the extra stuff. But you're going to sell a lot more of the, the main series than, than anything else. So, by packaging it in, like, one, you know, simple package, okay, here you go, this is the whole series, read this and you get the story. If you want more, here it is. You know, I think that's kind of a smart way to go, whereas, okay, well, maybe those first couple of issues of Green Lantern aren't, they don't work as well on their own without the Blackest Night tie-ins. But, I mean, if you're buying the Blackest Night Green Lantern trade, then you you're really better what the Blackest Night main series anyway. I mean, like, what's the point of reading one without the other?
1: I'm not sure, because I'm... I'm... When all is said and done, I want to read just the Green Lantern issues and see how that works, because, I, I don't know, like, I feel like, even though it weaves in and out of Blackest Night really seamlessly for the first few issues, yeah, I feel like the direction of both books are different enough that... Maybe you can just read Green Lantern and get a story out of it. Not necessarily the larger story or the Blackest Night story, but like, you know, people, are th- people keep talking about like, well, after Blackest Night is the War of Light, right? And other people will say like, well, no, War of Light is what's been leading up to Blackest Night. Right. Like, maybe it's as simple as, well, Blackest Night is being focused on over here in this miniseries, and the War of Light is being focused on over here in Green Lantern. And Green Lantern Corps is just kind of taking elements of both.
0: I don't... Well, that doesn't make sense to me, because in the, the Blackest Night Green Lantern, it's not really the War of Light, it's more of, like, the rallying of Light to fight the Blackest Night.
1: Well, War of Light could be taken different ways. <laughs> I mean, if, if all Light unites against something, that could be the War of Light, because it's Light waging war. Okay.
0: What about the what about
1: the other volumes? The uh, the miniseries. Well, here's the thing. Part of the reason why I think this is a good idea is it makes it really easy to not read crap. So, <laughs> so if you've if you've listened to our show before and come to the conclusion that you know what, I don't really want to read Black as Night Batman, and Black as Night Superman. I'm just not going to get this volume, and you can find. Like, I've, I was listening to um CGS covering the their uh, their thoughts on the wild pig sale that just happened. Right. And somebody apparently found Blackest Night Titans 1 through 3 in, like, dollar bins. So, <laughs> you know, that's the one good min- tie-in mini we've gotten so far. And, like, you can find that really easily without getting having to shell out money for a hardcover and two kind of, like, so-so to bad stories.
0: I think the next one has the potential to be a lot better, though.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: I mean, like, you have Flash, which is written by Johns, and the Wonder Woman, like, they keep on, like, you know, kind of hinting that there's going to be, like, major changes there that will actually reflect in Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, they've been try- They've been keeping those covers covered.
0: Yeah. The JSA, I don't really think that... I, I think that's going to be kind of a fluff one.
1: Honestly, the only reason I'm looking forward to JSA is because Alan will be there. Yeah. We can f- we can do some stuff with him. I, c- I remember an interview or something where somebody said, you know, at some point we're going to see what happens when Alan Scott is around a Blue Lantern. Oh, so wow. So maybe that's in there.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> and
1: then the question remains, well, we have, like, three Blue Lanterns. Who do we really want to send away?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Whoa, wait a second. Oh, there's a blue ring floating around. Oh, yeah. And it's it was worn by Hal Jordan. So which sector is it going to search for a replacement? Hmm,
1: Maybe it's going to go
0: and find Alan. Maybe not Alan. Maybe somebody on Earth.
1: Maybe he'll go to Ray Palmer. He was with the JSA last time we saw him. <laughs> oh. I hope he becomes a, a Blue Lantern just so he can't become an Indigo Lantern. Just because you want it so much.
0: <laughs> you just said that he. you hope he becomes a Blue Lantern?
1: I blew that he becomes a Hope Lantern. That's right.
0: The I like how they're, they're collecting the eight resurrected titles in
1: one trade. Yeah, that's nice. That one makes sense. That's, that's, convenient. that's convenient. Good on them. Good on them, man. I'm gonna have... uh, I'm gonna have, like, anxiety about reading the Starman one. (laughs) Because I'd heard so much good things about Starman, so many good things, whatever, stupid language, that I decided, alright, let me get the first trade, I'll try it out. Mm -hmm. I read it, and I realized, okay, I have to get this whole series now. (laughs) And then they announced that they're doing those, like... That series Omnibuses. of omnibuy. Is, yeah. is omnibuy a plural or is it like sheep where it's one and more? So, like, omnibus is a group of them.
0: <laughs> Omnibuses.
1: Those <Omnibies laughs> of like I don't even know how many there's supposed to be, like, five or six or something covering the whole Starman series. So I'm like, like oh, oh, screw. Nah, I. Well, if. Wow. Is it only four? Well,
0: if it's like. Isn't it like 25 issues a piece?
1: Oh, I don't know. Something like that, maybe.
0: Yeah, four or five.
1: Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get these. And I have three of them now. I think I just pre-ordered the fourth. And I'm what I'm waiting to do, I'm going to wait until I have all of them. And then just the next time I can take, like, vacation time or whatever for a week, I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to, like, like, like overdose on the entire Starman <laughs> series in, like, a week. Oh, God. And, and then I see, like, oh, hey, issue 81 or whatever it is is coming out. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, Can I read that before I read these? Holy shit.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. You, you probably can.
1: So I'm going to be relying on others to tell me that it's safe before I crack it open for the show.
0: Okay. Um, one one little thing that you had posted on the forum that I'll point out Tiny Titans 25, which I guess is being solicited now.
1: Yeah, you can order that for February, I think?
0: Yes, it says on sale. No, wait.
1: Yeah. It's it's gonna... You can't order it now. You'll be... uh, Because it's in the solicitations that just came out, so you can order it next month.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, this one's actually being co-written by Jeff Johns, and it's it has a reference to an issue that's jam packed with color rings and awesome things yeah that's going to be fun i'll pick up that issue
1: yeah somebody commented on the forum like well it's like 3 4 bucks for something i'm going to read in 10 seconds well it's <laughs> it's it's only like a dollar 50 or something on DCBS and i don't know read slower
0: yeah it's actually only 250
1: normally so okay, so you're getting like half off if you get yeah. That's something we didn't do at the beginning. You know, if you people, there are a lot of Blackest Night related books coming out. Yes, and they're gonna keep coming out. Hell, DC just gave us an extra month of them, so they're not beyond extending this more. So get them for the love of God, get them through DCBS. Okay, you won't have to choose between Blackest Night and food. Go through <laughs> DC, DCBService.com. Awesome. The best oh. sponsorship ever. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> oh, well, on that note, what do you say we uh, we close out the show?
1: Yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Okay, so, if, so if they want to contact us, we have an email address at lanterncast at gmail.com. We have a website, lanterncast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page or links to our forum. You can find us on iTunes, or you can get our episodes right off our webpage, and we each have our own separate email addresses as well. If you want to get in contact with me, I'm jim at lanterncast.com, Dan is dan at lanterncast.com, and our program director is jason at lanterncast.com.
1: Yeah, and we're also on Facebook, as you like to point out.
0: Yes, yeah, please, join our Facebook page, become our friend, and what can they do there? What what is there a link to there, Dan?
1: Well, there's some dating sites, there's, I think I saw a thing for auto repair.
0: And the Green Lantern game.
1: Yeah, the uh, Green Lantern Facebook game, where, you know, you can join Team LanternCast and and go do some, I think, Rage Kitty-related things, at least one. Um, yeah, and just have a good, addicting fun time with everybody.
0: Yes. Yeah, you gotta join up, Dan.
1: I will, eventually.
0: <laughs> There's actually a, uh, a a mission in there that's dedicated completely to you.
1: What? What is it? Get Dan to join? With...
0: <laughs> no, no, you'll, you'll see if you join, but I'm
1: not gonna say. Somebody put it in the... Uh... They'll talk back thread. Oh. They will. Okay. They will. So,
0: I guess that's it? Yeah. Okay. Good night,
1: everybody. So Why'd I ever have to say Words of shame Words I should never say again Why'd you ever have to read between the lines
2: Creating stories that should have been all left behind Why'd you ever have to hear my voice